Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Longtime listeners and friends likely know that Scott and I love beer. I've worked on and off in the beer industry for decades, and Scott has retained his amateur status in hopes of someday representing Canada when beer drinking becomes an Olympic event. Today we're going to talk hops and mashed malts from across the continent to help you enjoy the best brews during your next Asian adventure on this episode of Talk Travel Asia, Favorite Beers of Asia. With a pint of old peculiar legendary ale in hand here in Siem Reap, Cambodia, I'm Trevor Ranges and I'm joined online once again by my co-host Scott Coates. What you drinking, Scott? Howdy, Trevor. That is a great naming beer. I've never heard of it. That's not to say I've heard of every beer, but that is a fantastically named beer, and I've never heard of it. And I have a Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA, and I have the extra big 568 milliliter can because this is a thirsty episode. Yeah, you know, it's a... Uh kind of a tradition sometimes because this show is a hobby and uh and we try to enjoy that as well as each other's company and uh when we're doing a beer episode which we've done once or twice before uh, i figured uh i had a good beer in my fridge and uh, i would enjoy one here with you tonight yeah it is par for the course we typically full disclosure do have a drink while we're recording these and i'm trying not to drink on weekdays and we're recording on a weekday and this one's about beer so my hands are tied i have to have one and you know, you and I got talking about just how variety of beer has grown in the region, particularly, I'd say, in the last five to ten years. Yet, locally produced beers, it seems that boring lagers seem to dominate, with some exceptions of interesting stouts, sometimes in Myanmar, Cambodia, Malaysia. There seems to be a really good craft scene of Vietnam. Importing to Thailand or brewing outside of Thailand and Singapore as some brewing, but the taxes can be really high. But we thought, you know, it can be a real cornerstone of a, a fun trip. Yeah, you know, because when, when you and I first moved to Thailand 20-some years ago now, uh, the, the beer selection was somewhat limited. And I remember I did uh, an episode, like an article for uh, Metro Magazine about the craft beer scene in Bangkok way back in the day, but uh, it certainly has evolved uh, over 20 years, certainly, but as you mentioned, the past five years, so that there's a lot of good variety of locally produced craft beer and uh, cool places to drink it, uh, not to mention a variety of imported craft beer as well. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about some of our favorite beers in different countries across the continent, and we don't know if they're necessarily available now this is February 2022 or whether or not you'll be able to get to that country in order to try to drink that beer or whether our favorite corner beer bar is is still open when you get there um, but we're just gonna try and steer you towards some good beer the best we can uh, unless the the beer comes to find you because I was recently in in Hawaii and uh, there was a Pasteur Street Brewing from Vietnam cans in the in the fridge at the village bottle shop 
That's real interesting. And that is a good disclaimer because things change quickly here, especially we're still in COVID period here. So beers might come and go as my the bars, but I think interesting beers are here to stay. Just before we get into the meat and potatoes and the barley and hops of this episode, remember we have a thing called patrons and patrons are lovely people who support the show from as little as a dollar up to like $25 or more per month. And uh, if you do that, you'll get a special little show or a video or something in between the regular episodes. And we recently shared one of myself cycling on Bangkok's canals and back alleys. And I think very soon we might have one with Brian Bartouche of Beer Vanna Asia, who is going to drop some knowledge about beer in Asia. So go to patreon.com search talk travel asia and start sponsoring the show give yourself a warm fuzzy feeling for helping keep this show going and get those little bonus things along the way so trevor what do you reckon how do we start this thing off you know i mentioned the pasteur street brewery there in, in vietnam and the cans that i saw in hawaii so why don't we start with vietnam what are some of your favorite beers there yeah, and it has been almost two years since I've been there pre-COVID, but the beer scene there was incredibly impressive. And Vietnamese probably have the strongest tie to draft beer of any country in Southeast Asia. They're famous for that uh, fresh beer on the corners at a kegs that's just been made. But look, uh, there's a brewery called Lac that I've had that makes some really nice beers, particularly kind of a brownish red beer. But the one I think I've really been the most impressed with in the last few visits is Heart of Darkness, started by an Australian guy. And the reason it impresses me so much is a lot of breweries, they'll make one or two decent beers, but Heart of Darkness usually has about 20 on tap. And there's usually at least a half dozen of different styles that I like. You know, they'll have like a good nitro stout or a, the same night I had that, I had like a cucumber pilsner or you have a really nice one. IPA. Like they just have a nice mix and they seem to know how to make beer really well. So that's impressive. And I think if you want to get a whole bunch in, there's a bar called Beacraft in Ho Chi Minh City, and they usually have about 50 different beers on tap, and almost all of them are made in Vietnam. So I think it's an exciting scene there. How about you? Yeah, you know, the Heart of Darkness beer, I completely agree. I remember they had some landmark, they had just brewed their 200th different recipe or something like that, and they come up with some really interesting and creative flavors and and normally they're they're spot on or are really like impressive tries you know like to make something unique and, and delicious so totally agree with the heart of darkness beers you mentioned the be ahoy i think people should know and do that when they go to vietnam again if it's at all possible too because those those are these really cheap like 10 cents a little plastic shot cup of beer that's fresh beer that is brewed on the corner in all sorts of different neighborhoods and in the big cities that hails back to this longstanding brewing tradition. So I think that's a cool cultural experience. Um, otherwise, that tradition has really allowed craft beer brewing to flourish now that like different Western brewers are getting involved there. There's a place called The Standing Bar in, in Hanoi, mm -hmm. which is in this super charming neighborhood. It's this great venue and they have a good selection it's of good beer. One. Yeah, I think that's the coolest beer bar in Vietnam. They have a great selection. The atmosphere is really funky. And then some of the beers I've had there, I had like Winking Seal, like East West Brewery, um, Fuzzy Logic is, is a friend of ours. 
Patrick and, and Jeff, they produce some great beer, both in Cambodia and in Vietnam. But yeah, you know, Pastor, I mentioned in the beginning, I can't even rattle them all off because there's so many good beers really available. And, uh, you know, I hope since that's near you and I, we get a chance to, to get over there again soon and, and have some of what's on tap. Yeah, the thing I really love there, too, beyond just the good beers, is that the Vietnamese government doesn't seem to be punishing brewers with prohibitively high taxes, which is the case in a lot of the other countries, particularly in Southeast Asia. And a a travel note, if you're going to try a few beers at a night, the great thing to do is download an app called Grab, and there might well be other transport apps, but I would just, you know, there's free Wi-Fi at every bar. So I would think of the next bar I wanted to go to, and just on your phone, on the app, order a motorcycle taxi pick you up. You just get on it, go to the next bar. You don't even have to speak Vietnamese. And I found that a really great tool for bar hopping when I was there too. So Vietnam is almost top of the list for beer drinking in uh, Asia, I think. Yeah. And hopefully again, you know, when people can travel there again soon, they can do the Vespa craft beer tour. How about uh, over there in Thailand, which is on the other side of me? Thailand's got a pretty happening beer scene too. I mean, that's really exploded over the past couple decades. That's a tough one, Trevor. You know, unfortunately, Thailand has been caught in this high tax for beers brewed outside of the country. And the reason I'm bringing that up is that they've got some really archaic laws to prop up the big brewers here. And you have to brew an insane volume of beer locally to be able to produce craft beers. So for the most part, you can't produce craft beer. So any kind of the quote unquote craft beers or Thai beers are generally, you know, made outside of the country across the border in Cambodia or Korea, Australia, and they're imported as Thai beers, but the tax is super high. So you get up, you know, like $6 US, you know, at a shop for one. Um, That said, there are some slight changes in the laws. And I know that, uh, They're starting to brew some at slightly lower prices, which is good. But there are lots of craft bars, which is good. So if you're willing to shell out, you can enjoy Mm. some good craft beers out inside, you know, kind of beer garden, stuff like that. On a positive front, uh, they are starting to brew Kieran and Ho Garden here, although it might come from China, as well as Stella. So they're not my favorites, but you're getting some foreign beers at reasonable prices. They cost about $3 at a 7-Eleven for there. But I'd say the real interesting one is to go about an hour north of the city to an area called Kokret. And it's a little island where the Chao Phraya River, Bangkok's main river, cuts it off. And there's a Thai fellow up there that's been pushing the beer laws and breaking them for years. And he has a place called Chit Beer. And it's open Saturday, Sundays. It's right on the river. It's really charming. And they have a selection of kind of rotating beers. He makes some. Others make some. Summer average, I've had one called Porn's Milk Stout, which is very tasty. And those beers tend to be like 100 to 140 bots. So you're looking at like 350 to 450 US or so. And if you're adventurous, you know, hire a boat one way or both. You can also pick out some back lanes and cycle a bike up. We've done that sometimes and put a bike on a boat back. So it makes a really good trip. There's neat markets up there and you get to try some actual beer that's brewed in Thailand. Yeah, chip beer is a great uh, experience. You know, my parents came once and I took them up there just because it's such a scenic trip in the island called Kret. It's got this really interesting history and culture and uh, it's really pretty. And it's funny how he's he's just off the fringe of the Bangkok and and he makes like home style beer. He even takes Bitcoin. So he's really under the radar. Uh, yeah. And yeah, pretty solid beer. Um, the restrictions on brewing, yeah, they're pretty crazy. And that's why there's so many good imports available, you know, which are expensive. But, you know, Thailand has an amazing selection of imported beers. 
And full disclosure, you know, we'll, we'll mention Birvana on the show. We mentioned Brian earlier. Brian and Aaron have been on the show before, and uh, we'll have links on our show notes to that episode. And Google Maps. I, I started making a Google Map for this one so that people can find cool. all the bars that we mentioned. Um, but, but Scott and I are both shareholders in Birvana Asia. And I worked for Birvana when we launched in Indonesia, uh, Jakarta and Bali. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, thanks to Birvana and those who followed. There's a lot of good beer in, in Thailand now. There's like a Mikeller, uh, one of the only Mikeller beer bars, uh, in the world. And, you know, serious beer geeks will, will know about Mikeller. And then, uh, you know, there, you can get beers like those big cans of Deschutes at like 7-Elevens now, or at least uh, in the, the big markets, yeah. But I would never have dreamt 20 years ago, you know, there wasn't even Starbucks then, that we would be able to get good beer in a 7-Eleven. And, and I understand that there have been some local brewers maybe working together to contract brew to produce enough beer to, to sell in country, locally produced. We've got to keep an ear out for that. Have you heard anything? Well, I've, I've heard, and I don't know how it's working, but there's definitely some legal brewing going on uh, that Beervan is involved in a bit too. But, you know, if, if you're here on vacation, some of the standouts, one, there's called Bottle Cap. Uh, that's open these days. Craft is pretty pricey, but open, as is Hair of the Dog. They've got a couple locations. And uh, there's a place called Hobbs. So you'll get lots of places. You're just going to pay you know, 10 US kind of a beer upwards to do it. But if you're here, it's a great way to meet people too, particularly locals or cool ties that for some reason know about craft beer. So I think that social factor, you know, you said how expensive McKellar is and it is, but next time you're in town, let's kind of forget the price and go enjoy ourselves there. And as a tourist, if you like beer, I think you just go with a hundred bucks to burn and you go to one of these places, you don't worry about the cost and you're definitely guaranteed to meet some cool local characters. Right. Well, you know, before the show, I asked you if it was still open, but we should mention the Tawandang Brewery, which is a German-style mm -hmm. beer hall, which is one of the few kind of independent breweries in Thailand. And their beers are reasonably priced. I, I think I remember I remember that like if you get like a 330 mil or a 500 mil or a one liter or like a three or a five liter, it was all exactly the same price per per milliliter which which I, which amused yeah. me but uh, they have one of the most amazing stage shows um with like thai theater and dancing and and music and uh and it's a big beer hall and, and their beer's reasonably good and the show was always really fun and uh, that's a great place for visitors to go yeah that's been around for over 20 years and they have a few different beers their dunkel is pretty good and they have a few around the country, but the one to go to is in Bangkok on Rama 3 Road. And it is a full-on cultural experience. The thing holds, I believe, upwards of 1,500 people. And like you said, Trevor, is every night they'll have an elaborate stage show. And it can be everything from a magician to an old famous Thai singer to like a, a new pop band to like a skit. But you're definitely going to have a couple hours of good entertainment and you want to order some food there and you're going to be really squished in with other people. So again, you'll see a lot of companies there, groups of friends, and it is a real fun night out. Like you'll be hard pressed to have more fun than that. Hmm. And I would say kind of thinking of secret spots. This is one that locals in the know know. But for the cheapest beer, craft beer imported in Thailand, you got to go to a place called Just Mag. Now, it is a joint U.S. military installation uh, run by the Thais and the Americans. And it is on Saton 1, right next to the intersection of Saton 1. And it just looks like an embassy wall. And there's a metal door. And you push a doorbell. 
And then you'll hear kind of a buzzer and you open a metal door. You go in and another security door. And then I think a third one, you have to leave a piece of ID and you go in and then it's just like a very nondescript Western bar, but they have beers for about five bucks US. And uh, it's a pretty kind of neat insider's place. They have a good back bar and uh, it's worth checking out if you want to kind of feel like you've gone into a bit of a James Bond movie. Yeah, and you know, like every third Thursday or something, it's like Reuben night or it's steak night or it's lobster night yeah. or something. They do some crazy like big food things too there. It's a pretty good spot. And yeah, again, like five bucks for a craft beer is the, for a good beer is the, the cheapest you're going to get in Thailand um, most times. And it is kind of a cool little hole in the wall bar. Speaking of hole in the wall bars, why don't we slide up to Laos? I, I know that like in Vientiane, which I haven't been to in, in ages, they have kind of big discos. But for the most part, I, most of my drinking experiences in Laos were often outdoors and, and chilled out. How about you, Scott? Yeah, most of mine are open air places. There's a place right on the Mekong River, about 3K down the river from the main dragon town and the name escapes me but they had a lot of belgian beers there's just a lot of great places to drink uh, particularly in vientiane along the river a lot of good places in luang prabang viang vien but that is a country where they have really limited the beer around and there's a couple brands but beer lao is the beer and it's arguably the best tasting lager in all of southeast asia but one of my favorite beers is uh beer lao dum which is beer lao dark used to be six and a half percent it's 6% now. It's a dark lager, but it is a tasty beer. And in regular non-COVID times, you could get it at 7-Eleven here in Thailand now. I really like it. How about you? Yeah, I think even the beer Lao, Tamada, the normal just flagship beer Lao is the best lager and in, in brewed in Southeast Asia, certainly, like commercial-wise. And the dark is is great, too. I, I go back and forth between which one I like better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Lefe, the Belgian beer, the Lefe Brun and Lefe Blonde. Like, I, I like them both kind of equally. And, and Beer Lao and Beer Lao Dam seem like uh, the Southeast Asian lager version of those two beers. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, they make, a gold, they make a golden one as well, and then they That's made right. an IPA. You can get the IPA here in Cambodia, and it's not like a really bold IPA. It's again, like a toned down, like beer Lao style chilled out IPA. Mm. It's not bad. They have a white too, which I thought was really kind of so-so. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. The IPA is not bad though, but again, you know, beer Lao t-shirt, something you got to wear. I, I was in Waikiki. I just got out of the water from surfing to watch football at like this Waikiki beach bar. And the guy sitting next to me had a beer Lao t-shirt on. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, hey, I live in Cambodia. I'm like, we, we can get the beer Lao in Cambodia. And he's like, yeah, I got the T-shirt in Cambodia. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, carrying on the social trend is, you know, Lao has tons of those cozy little places with a good view, often of rivers and very inexpensive beer Lao. So it's a great place to enjoy some beers. And I have had a few Belgian beers, too, at some places, you know, uh, up in Luang Prabang. And as I mentioned, in Vientiane, mm. you tend to get some Belgians around there who will import beers. And you mentioned Lef. And uh, man, I love Lef or Lefe or whatever. The Bruin is the way forward, clearly. But mm. thinking about darker beers, you know, one I've had that I really quite like was in Myanmar, ABC Stout. I believe it is about 8%. It's locally made, I believe. Uh, otherwise, it's all kind of lager, lager, lagers. But uh, that was a good one, the ABC Stout. You can only have so many of them. But it's been a little while since I've been there now. And I know there is a bit of a home brewing scene, an underground scene, because Chit 
had some beer in there that had been brewed in Myanmar about a year and a half ago. And I was up at Chit Beer and it was in bottles and I was drinking it. So it was kind of cool that it had been made by some people in Yangon and he had somehow gotten it over here to Thailand. So there is some beer being made there. And I'm sure, you know, when you're able to travel there again and the government settles down that there's, there's bound to be some craft beer. Yeah, I bet there are in Yangon for sure. I haven't been to, to Myanmar since like 2002, right? Or something like that. It's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So, But when I went, I have this great photo. I really hope I have the actual photo in Phnom Penh. So I don't know if I have a digital copy handy. But I took a photo of a Myanmar beer with my, with my ex Nat in the background, like chilling in the pool. And then one of those kind of temples behind the hotel, you know? And I was like, here's mm-hmm. your Myanmar beer experience. I, I brought back a Myanmar beer glass too. It's part of my collection. But I, I don't remember a lot of variety of beer. They probably had ABC Stout. We have ABC Stout here in Cambodia. The stuff that we have here is made in, Cam- right. in, in Singapore. And that's the 8% stuff. And of all those super heavy stouts across the region, that, that ABC is pretty good. So, look, I know that you lived and worked at times in Korea, in Seoul. What was the beer like there? Any kind of stories of beer there? Gosh, you know, I spent several summers in Seoul and, uh, I worked like not as hard as the kids that we had to force to go to school. I guess their parents <laughs> forced them to go to school. It was horrible. It was like doing time, you know, it was like six days a week, uh, working like 60 hour weeks and then Saturday night, just go out and party our asses off. And, uh, booze was kind of expensive there. I remember we went to like the W hotel one time and it was like, $18 for a shot. And then I just had it Oof. with soda and they charged me 10 bucks for tap soda water. So it was, it was 28 bucks plus plus. But I do remember that if you, when you go to the supermarket, they have like one and two liter plastic bottles of beer. They put beer in like plastic bottles, like oh, Coke. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, those are pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of good stuff like that. And it was actually pretty good beer. I mean, you know, like reasonably good lagers in the way that Japan has like a good variety, uh, many of which are like all malt or they, they really like put some craftsmanship into some of the beers, it seems. So uh, I remember there being reasonably good beer because that was the cheapest thing to drink. And, and I like beer, but I don't remember any particular brand that stands out as being the best. Yeah, I was there in 2015 to research and write a guide map for Groovy Map at the time. And I remember the Koreans seemed to really enjoy a good beer. They also seem to drop shots of, you know, local sake-like substances into it. I did at that time go to a cool Canadian-owned microbrew that had good beers. I did a search. They're no longer in business. But the good news is there were tons of beer bars and craft beer bars that are there now. So it seems that if you go to Korea and you go to particularly Seoul now, you're going to find lots of tasty places to have beer. And is there even a McKellar in Seoul or something? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I was working on the Google map um, and I just started typing in McKellar to find the, the Bangkok location to drop a pin, that the McKellar bar in Seoul popped up. So uh, things have obviously changed in Seoul since I'd last been out and about in that town. So they have a McKellar bar in Seoul, so they must be some serious beer hmm. drinkers. They're definitely like trendy out nightlife people that like to drop some money apparently. So that fits right Right. in there, I think. (laughs) Well, how about we go to Japan next? And I've been lucky enough to go there, I think six times now. And I got to say like the beer scene is getting pretty darn good there. I have done everything from buy beer at supermarkets and a lot of supermarkets will have like at least a dozen locally brewed, interesting, good beers. 
I've also just looked for like craft beer bars on Google Maps and randomly gone to a bunch, some with my parents, and hit some really nice ones. But I got to say that Baird is probably one of the best ones. They have a tap room in Tokyo. Uh, their Angry Boy Brown is really good, as is the Shimaguni Stout. So I really like that. A couple of years ago, I was up in the Nagano area in the mountains, and I went to a town called Matsumoto. And I Googled craft bars, and I found a really good one, the Matsumoto Brewery Tap Room. It was great. Very small, cozy just locals in there. I had a really great seasonal scotch ale, which was awesome. Mm. I also went to a place called Baca Brewing, run by a husband and wife team. They were friendly. They had some pretty drinkable beers. And combined with a visit to the Matsumoto Castle, one of the oldest there, as well as the Matsumoto City Museum of Art that has a permanent exhibition by uh, Yayoi Kusama. Uh, she's really famous for having pink hair. She's in her 80s and does a lot of stuff with polka dots. That, to me, was like really one of the standout places I've been in Japan with good beer and cool, cool local sites. How about you, Trevor? What do you like there? Yeah, I agree with your praise of Baird beer. Um, I got to meet mm. Brian Baird, who's an American man who started a brewery in Japan, um, but making very distinctly Japanese beers, you know, his, his beer, cool. his beer is very crafty. Yeah. I, I didn't know you had that tap house. That's great. Um, mm. I just tried his beer in bottles. Um, I remember he likes to use a lot of like local ingredients. It was all very like from the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had the fortune to meet the Kagua owner. You mentioned Kagua oh. beer, also one of my favorite beers. And this interestingly yeah. is a Japanese man who wanted to make Belgian beer. And so the beer is produced in Belgium, but they're bad Belgian beers from a Japanese perspective. Yeah, they have a white and a red. And that red is one of my probably top five beers. Yeah, the red's amazing. It's really good. I saw one in the, there's a supermarket near my mom and dad's place in Waikiki. And they had another color bottle one time. Hmm. And I didn't buy it because oh, wow. I just assumed there would be more another time. And, and years later, I, I've yet to encounter it again. But that's one cool thing I like about Japanese culture, drinking, what have you. Like, uh, I like that there could be an American man who can make Japanese style beer. A Japanese guy can be like, I'm going to make Belgian beer in Belgium. I like whoever decided that, like, you can sell beer out of a vending machine or you can sell like 100 milliliter cans, you know, like they get into some really quirky stuff. But the vending machines are great because. Japan has a lot of coins and when you're traveling around, you'll invariably end up with like tons of money in your pocket from all these coins. And you can just like find a vending machine that dispenses beer and then you can just hang out and people watch. It's, it's a great thing to do in Tokyo. Yeah. And Japanese love to drink beer. And you mentioned the cans. It is hilarious. If you go to a family mart or, you know, a Seven Eleven, they'll often have four sizes of Asahi. And I love it because it's just like, you can never say I couldn't have a beer because they will have that ridiculously tiny 100 mil can. And then I think there's a 235. Then there's like the 325 or whatever, the regular size, and then a half liter beer. So it's like I've had the little 100 beer, one little 100 just meter. For fun. I've had the 100 milliliter just kind of as a joke because it's like, ooh, I couldn't have a beer. But you open it and you just pound it in like two sips. It's ridiculous. It's but it's really, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm kind of curious about where you are. Uh, I've had beer good number of times in Cambodia, but how do you feel? Like, tell me a little bit about the craft scene and the beer drinking scene in Cambodia as a traveler. You know, it's funny when we were outlining it, I guess I thought of this analogy and I was thinking that the craft beer scene here was like the crypto boom, like Bitcoin lingered for like a decade. Um, There was a few little craft beer bars here and there. There was this one great place that made uh, spirulina beer 
and it was green. Mm-hmm. It was a Chinese brewery, and they did shows like Tawandang, but not nearly as impressive. There's a few beer bars around, you know, mostly there was a German brew pub always, Himawari, Singaporean guy. Uh, he, he set up a little right. brewery there that was reasonably good. And Saravizia, which again, full disclosure, I'm helping out in their brewery now. But sir, because their beer is great and I love the Botanico beer garden where they sold it there in Phnom Penh. Um, but that was it for, you know, like a decade maybe. And then three or four years ago, it really took off with the Fuzzy Logic. We mentioned Patrick and... Jeff, who right. makes great beers, making their beer here, and and the guys from Real Brewery, like uh, they they make amazing beer, and they have a tap room at the brewery and a big beer garden out front called Noisy Chili. And again, this will be yeah. on the show notes. If you go to talktravelasia.com, I'll have a link to our Google Map, and you can find all these places. But it seems like every everybody's got a little tap room place to drink the beer where it's brewed. Otherwise, you can go to Embargo. Embargo is like the the first real craft beer bar that opened in the city. And Jeff and Kimo are super cool. It's a great place to get beers on draft, local style, um, bottles from Vietnam and and around the region. Like they they have have a good selection. It just really boomed again recently. And and even though there's been like, uh, you know, COVID and things have been kind of slow, it seems like the the beer scene's still booming. There's a big Kampot beer festival happening just 10 days after this show is going to air. So uh, I'm gearing up for that right now. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I have lots of drinking experience there. I don't know hot places now. I do remember there was kind of a brown-like beer that I believe Servicia was making a few years ago when I was there with you. You know, I'm probably just a a Cambodia beer man, and that's just a lager there called Cambodia in a glass with ice on a hot day. The neat thing there is that places have 50-cent draft specials and $1 draft specials, so you can go to any one of thousands of bars and sit and have $1 beers meet weirdos from around the world and interesting people from around the world and interesting locals and everything in between. Like it is one of the great drinking, eating places in all of Asia, definitely Cambodia, particularly Phnom Penh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was mentioning. Kind of like the Botanico beer garden, the noisy chili, which is a big outdoor area. Like, uh, you know, these, these are all kind of big open air kind of places with mango trees hanging over them and stuff. So it, it, it kind of lends itself to, to hanging out and having some beers like Vietnam does with the Bia Hoi culture. But um, right. you, you and I have been in the box office together too. That's right around the corner from my house. He's got the largest selection of taps. So I just grabbed a like takeaway from there and jump in a tuk-tuk on my way to wherever I might be going out that night. Otherwise here in Siem Reap, Palm, which is just down the street from me here, they started brewing their own beer. Um, Nick, who, who, who was brewing at the local, he makes some really good sours. And now that Palm's making beer and they got a bunch of other taps, hmm. uh, beer Kinnear gets a shout out. Uh, yeah, lots of good beer here. So check out the show notes and, uh, and, and check out our Google map. How about Malaysia, Scott? You live down there. That might be a place, you know, a little bit more about the beer scene. Yeah. You know, I lived in Kuala Lumpur for a couple of years and as I do everywhere, I seem to have done a bit of drinking there. One thing that is kind of cool about Malaysia is they brew Guinness and Kilkenny there. And I got to go to the brewery at an event and open taps that got a little ugly. So that was fun. Also, I think, you know, there's a bar. It's still around. I checked. It's called Taps. They have a downtown location and they always have, you know, probably about a dozen international taps going and some good beers, too. You'll always see a few, you know, it's a solid place to have some beers and they have a fantastic rendang pizza. Rendang is like an Indonesian curry, but they do a pizza with it. So have a rendang pizza at Taps. Usually a good crowd in there and have some real tasty brews. Uh, What do you have to say about Malaysia? 
I didn't know that you did the Guinness beer tour there. I don't remember hearing that story. Most draft Guinness is made in Malaysia, um, but it's still not that common to find. You know, there's a few bars in Bangkok where you can get Guinness on draft, but most of the time all across the region, including Malaysia, I think, this is a Guinness Ford stout. It's uh, 8% carbonated, kind of like the a- the ABC that you mentioned before. And it's quite different from the oh, Guinness right, that you're yeah. used to. It's it's a lot like thicker and heavier and stronger. I don't know if that's made in Malaysia. Yeah. It, it very well may be, too. I'm not sure, but you're right. You do see that in other parts of the world. And it's, yeah, that extra stout, super, super strong. Yeah. I also remember drinking Kingfisher when I was in Malaysia because there's a lot of Indians and there's Indian right. food. And, and when you go out for Indian right. food, you can get Kingfisher. Yeah. And there's one of those. It's about 8% too. And there's a, you know, a regular strength one. But right, I forgot all about that. You can find kingfisher sometime. Otherwise, like I've been to Penang, which is an island in the north of mm. Malaysia, right near the Thai border. And, and Penang is kind of famous for its street art and kind of crafty scene. And, and there's a cool food scene. And I remember like that, that there was some good bars there. There's a taps, I believe. Again, I tried to drop pins on some of these. And I was trying to figure out where we went. There's a place called the China House which is the best like beer slash bar slash cafe slash shop house slash like art gallery kind of thing. It, 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 it's this maze of shop houses that goes from one side of the block to the other. And I don't remember whether or not they had their own beer, but you can definitely get like two different, like, like the Kagawa has like two different label, like the red and the white. It wasn't necessarily Belgian style beers, but I remember China house had two different labeled, two different style beers that were both pretty interesting and there was like a penang beer something called penang beer as well so it was kind of cool like there was a good scene going on in penang well i'm married to a singaporean so i've been to singapore many times and despite you know high tax on alcohol and whatnot they've been a bit progressive and i remember there's a place called Brewworks that they've been around i bet you 20 years there now and they usually have you know eight or ten beers on tap they do a lot of seasonals they've got a couple locations one I believe it's called Clark K, kind of along the little river downtown. They also have one at National Stadium. But that's a solid place. They have some discounted prices earlier in the afternoon. But their India Pale Ale's nice. I really like their oatmeal stout as well. So that's worth checking out. You're going to pay a lot there, but probably no more than a craft dealer in Thailand nowadays. And a really cool place I always enjoyed was Smith Street Taps. It's literally in a food court in Chinatown, and it's like a food court stand and then last time i was there heart of darkness also had a local bar from vietnam which was good as did little creatures the australian brewery so that was really neat addition yeah i saw that you mentioned that and i I, again i looked it up to put it on the google map but little creatures it makes pretty good beer yeah and Mm -hmm. and they have a tap room there it's pretty cool um there's another place that i went to and i forgot to look it up before the show but it's called like level 23 or something like that it's, it's right down in where the Venetian, not the Venetian, the, the Marina Bay. It's down in Marina Bay. Yeah, it overlooks Marina Bay and the Sand Casinos. And it's called like level 31 or whatever it's called because it's on the 31st floor. And the brewery's actually on the that like high floor. It's Ooh. pretty swanky. It was a nice place. I don't remember what it's called. I'll try and look it up and put it on the map. Singapore was the first country in Asia, I believe, to legalize homebrewing. Like there were homebrewers who lobbied the government and the government's like, sure, make your own beer. So uh, they definitely must have a vibrant craft brewing, you know, scene. I, w- I was right across the, the strait there in, in Jakarta for a while. As I mentioned earlier, I, I worked with Beervana and helped launch distribution in Jakarta and then in Bali. 
And in Jakarta, it was really an interesting bar, a beer scene because, you know, as a Muslim country, they don't have, let's say, this long-standing beer brewing tradition that Vietnam might have. Um, but they definitely had appreciation. And uh, there was this thing called the Smuggle Club. And it was like a group of friends and extended friends who every time they traveled abroad, they would bring back like two or three bottles of beer to try. And then once a month, everyone would meet and bring all of these different beers to share and and just to, to enjoy and discuss. So I remember when I went down for the for that party, I had like a suitcase full of beer and uh you know there's like a wink wink way to get across the border with that stuff, but they still want to see it and uh I had this the suitcase and the customs guy zips it open and he looks at it and he's like, "Hey, is this German beer?" And I was like, "No, actually it's it's American beer." And I swear to god, he said to me, do you know what American beer and having sex in a canoe have in common? Do you know this one, Scott? Mm, I do not. They're both fucking close to water. <laughs> yes, a Cambodian, or sorry, an Indonesian customs official knew that joke and told that joke to me, which is just a classic. And of course it wasn't. It was like, you know, like good, like quality American craft beer. It was like amazing. And, and we, we had like the best smuggle club then. But uh, I know that in Bali and there's been quite a craft beer scene evolution since the storm brewery got shut down a number of years ago. But I think somebody might've taken it over and started brewing again there. And I think there's kind of a craft beer scene growing um, in, in, in Indonesia. It's just, uh, you know, we're, we're still not able to get there yet without uh, the week long quarantine. So hopefully soon we can go and check it out or we'll have to have Aaron from Beervana on the show again um, since he's based there and, and he would obviously know, know what's going on. Neat. Well, a couple others that just come to mind as we wind this one up is I haven't been to Nepal in, boy, nine years now, but Gorkha, it was always a pretty darn good lager there. And I enjoyed having Gorkha at places like Sam's mm. in Tamal or uh, Jazz Upstairs and uh, Lazenpat was always good. And I remember, what, eight years ago, uh, nine years ago, my dad and I were in Mongolia and there was a good beer bar called Khan's and just you could tell beer was starting to take off. So I mean, if you like beer, it's a great social thing. You can get more of it in different places, imports, locally made beer. I think it makes a really good part of a trip, and it exposes you to locals that live there. It exposes you to a lot of cool uh, foreigners that live somewhere, and you just get to soak in a bit of culture. So, wow, as has happened a lot of times, Trevor, we had a little idea for an episode, not sure if it had legs, and here we are quite a ways in. So that was a lot of fun. Um, If people like it, how can they help us keep things going? Well, you can go to patreon.com and search for Talk Travel Asia, I assume. But you're better off going to our website, talktravelasia.com, and clicking on the Patreon button and supporting the show. Otherwise, right now, you can go ahead and click like or give us a five-star rating. The five-star ratings really help. Or send us an email and let us know, like, hey, you know, my cousin is an expert in beer in the Philippines, and he'd love to come on your show and talk about it. Give us some recommendations for show topics. Just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. give us some support, either emotionally or financially, and uh, we'll return the favor. We have uh, patron-only episodes in between shows. Scott mentioned earlier, we're going to try and get Brian on right now. We're going to give him a call and see if he's awake in Montana where he's snowboarding currently uh, to drop some knowledge about uh, beer in Asia because he certainly knows a thing or two. Otherwise, uh, why don't you take us out, Scott? 
Yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you are now thirsty and make beer or going to watch people drink beer a part of your trip to Asia. So thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, dream of travel. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Angkor Thom and